Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. I had to acknowledge that in 2016, I had everything that a girl would ever want on the outside. I had a wonderful career. I had money and I had nothing, you know, coming from nothing to have money, to be able to travel, to be able to do all of these things. It's, it's the best feeling in the world. And yet I felt so empty and I felt so lost and I felt so purposeless. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, hello, hello. This is Sanaya, your host on the Project Loving Myself podcast. Today, we're going to do an episode with someone who I admire for what she's accomplished in a very short amount of time. Every time I hear her speak, I know that she has a story to tell, a journey that has brought her here, one that definitely has come with its own share of powerful insights and lessons that I would love to explore with all of you. It takes grit, perseverance, and courage to spark change. We call these people change makers, thought leaders, and she is definitely all of that and more. The voice of the millennial generation, let me introduce Joyce Pring, speaker, VJ TV and radio personality, artist, and host of the Spotify exclusive Adulting with Joyce Spring podcast. Now, she has collected many accolades on the way, including World Vision Philippines Ambassador for Education and Top Lifestyle Influencer Asia in 2017. Let's find out more about what makes Joyce Spring the force to reckon with that she is. Welcome to the show, Joyce. Hi, Sanaya. Nice to see you again. I know. So what did you think of my introduction? Because for me, you're really this, you're like the force of the new generation. So have you ever thought of yourself as as that? Or is this, you know, something people tell you all the time? My goodness, when you were doing the introduction, I was like, 
that's not a lot of pressure to put on your guest at all, Sanaya. It's <laughs> not a lot of pressure, but I mean, it. What what a great introduction. I really appreciated that. Um, have I considered myself that ever? I wouldn't say I considered it, but then, you know, I I would get that kind of comment and opinion from other people, only because I think I you know started with a podcast really early on and you know we'd we'd always have content like this that would really go deep into conversations that not a lot of people would like to go deep into and i find that to be very very inspiring anytime somebody tells me that so thank you for that wonderful introduction well joyce honestly if there's anyone who can take pressure it's you for someone <laughs> so young You've accomplished a lot, you've built quite a following, and you've managed to connect with the 20-somethings in ways that have made both a difference and an impact. How have you been able to do this? Like, What would you say is your secret weapon? You know, How do you seem to connect with this entire generation of, of individuals in a way that, like you said, to have these conversations that most people don't really want to have? Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine last week and he told me something that I have often heard from a lot of my friends and colleagues and he said that you know the first time I met you Joyce I really just opened up to you because he did he went in and told me about his life story he was going through some dark phase at that time when I met him and he was opening up to me and we had just met because we um, co-hosted a wedding together and he would tell me that you know I have this uh, I, I guess this vibe that makes people just want to open up and and this is something I told him that a lot of people have told me about uh, myself and when I was trying to introspect and, re- and and ask myself, like, why do people say this about me? I realized that it boils down to something very, very simple. Since I was a little girl, my dad has been teaching me to train myself to be as observant, authentic, and self-aware as possible. And I told this friend of mine in that podcast interview that we were doing that I said, you know, one of the best lessons that my dad ever told me is to be authentic. Because if you want to be a host or a speaker, people will know if you're lying to them or if you're saying something just because you want to manipulate them, you want them to think that you're smart or you have something good to offer. But people have sincerity alarms is what he calls it. So they know if they're, you're lying to them and if you're not being completely sincere about what you're saying and about who you are. And so my whole, I guess, young adult life, my my job and mission has always been, okay, that makes sense. Speak from your heart, right? You, you, you hear that all the time, like be your authentic self and be self-aware. But how do you do that with courage and gusto? You can only do that if you do... A procedure in your heart wherein you really try to take out the things that you don't like about yourself you become or at least be comfortable with it you become aware of the things that you don't like about yourself and then you become aware of the things that you like about yourself the things that you want to improve on just be self-aware of all of these things and then work towards really being honest about who you are and by being honest about who you are you won't be afraid to open up your heart and you won't be afraid to show who you really are to other people because you already know that you have nothing to hide, you know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
I believe in that. And and I think it's that belief system that has really helped me connect with a lot of young people. That and also when I started creating content and, you know, being on TV, becoming a broadcaster, amassing this following, really, which compared to other celebrities is very, very small. But to me, I always look at it as not as numbers, but one soul. Well, that one number that I see on my screen is one human being. And I remember being a... I, I love reading books and I, I read this book one time that said, you know, a lot of people would look at the numbers in social media and say, okay, the more, the more numbers you have, the bigger influence you get. But I give the argument that even if it's just one person that you connect with, even if it's just one human being who you give a different perception to, you know, you give them a different way of looking at things, you give them inspiration or even something to laugh at, something to be educated by. Even if that that's just one person, that's one human being with a history, one human being with a dream, one human being with a soul, with a family, with with everything, you know, and, and that matters to me. And and I that's what I've always been focused on. And I think it's the the people listening and people listening to the podcast or watching my YouTube videos or, or any of these things are humbling very much so. And, and I really appreciate all that support. But I think those things are just byproducts of a more important goal, which is really to connect with people and make them understand that, you know what, every human being has that intrinsic value. And it's so important to be able to acknowledge that in another person. So that that was so beautifully said joyce and as you were talking a couple of things came to mind first of all i completely understand this sort of idea of human connection is becoming so important today and i think you just you know you re reiterated that and another point i wanted to make i mean everything you described how you became more authentic how you you know took out those things that you didn't like about yourself and learned to kind of come face to face to who you are. I mean, that's all self-love. I mean, at the end of the day, what you're describing is the self-love journey. It's about learning to love yourself, to be authentic, because whatever you show to anybody else, you feel good about that, you know? So, I mean, that's such a beautiful thing. And I think for someone who stands for all the things that you do, I mean, it's really beautiful to hear you talk about these kind of things. I also wanted to say that, you know, on my uh, recent episode, I talked about the fact that everyone is an influencer today. And it's like you said, one human being has, you know, a family, a soul. I mean, you're talking about every single person that makes up your audience. But we are all on some level influencers, whether we're influencing 30 people, you know, whether you have 30 followers or you have, you know, 100,000 followers, we're all to a certain degree influencing people. And so I think that today, more than ever, our message becomes very, very important. Now, you've chosen your message to be about purposefully, purposeful living, self-improvement, empowerment. I know that these are some of your advocacies. These are some of the topics that you choose to talk about. Tell me about your story in terms of how did you get here? You know, what is it about your life? that brought you to these particular pursuits or messages that you espouse and you share with others? How did you get here? 
my goodness, a long and winding road, Sanaya, a long and winding journey, uh, and a very colorful one at that. I guess it's a really long story, but to make it short, I didn't grow up in an affluent background. I come from a very poor family, uh, so much so that you know I didn't get to finish college because I had to start working at the age of 16 or 17. I had to start working as a writer, and then I had to start because I was so tired. So what would happen was I would be working from 12 midnight to 9 a.m. as a copywriter for an offshore company, and then I'd go to school for college at 10.30 a.m. until around 4 p.m., and then I'd get like maybe two or three hours of sleep in between. I would be running on energy drinks and cigarettes, and that was kind of my life because I needed to survive. My family uh, was, we never had money, you know, and I come from a family of beautiful, talented women, and they all knew how to sing. They all were very smart. They're, they all were very pretty, and the constant thing that we I would hear growing up is, "Oh, you should, you should just marry someone rich, you know, and and have a nice little lifestyle. Uh, you should, you know, maximize your looks and your talents to take advantage of other people." And this was a normal conversation because when you're poor, your first instinct is not really about what's right and wrong or what would be good for your child or not in terms of like social construct, but more of I just need to survive. And surviving means having money. And because it was hard to come by, you had to be creative in thinking of ways to get money. But that all changed when my mom remarried to my stepdad. And my stepdad, I, I, I met him when I was like four years old. So I basically grew up with him. He was the Christian, dignified, really, really awesome guy that I grew up with. And he told me, you know what? It doesn't matter where we come from, what your background is. It doesn't matter if you don't have money. What matters is you live a life with dignity and you live a life that you can be proud of. It's important to survive, of course. It's important to do your best in everything and to aim to succeed and be excellent at what you do. But all of those things, the money, the influence, the whatever it is that you're gunning for, those are all just byproducts of doing something that's substantial to yourself and to the people around you. And wow. having a person like that in your life at such a young age changes everything. You know, my dad was like that. My mom was like that as well. They worked hard to give us a better life. And, you know, there were times and seasons where it was really difficult. But I understood the importance of character and the importance of purpose in a person's life. Because if you don't have money, but you know where your morals lie and you know what your purpose is, you can always do the work no matter how hard it gets. You can always go through difficult seasons, but you will always step forward and step into light instead of succumbing to the darkness because you know your character, your what, what you stand for, and you also know what your purpose is. And I think the difficulty now with a lot of people, young and old even, you know, a lot of people would say the millennials and and um, the, the TikTok generation, they don't know what they want, or they're not purposeful, or they easily quit. And I don't think that's true. A lot of all human beings have the proclivity to live a life that is just aimless. We all have a proclivity to live a life to just go to work, to survive, have a family, and not ever know why we exist. What's the purpose of your existence, right? 
So purposeful living has been something that I have applied in my life. And it's something that I constantly reiterate anytime that anybody asks me about productivity or being successful. Because I think productivity and being successful is only a byproduct of a bigger purpose. If you don't have that bigger purpose and your only big purpose is I need to earn a lot of money, at the end of the day, when you reach that a lot of money phase and you don't know what your purpose is or if there's a bigger vision in your head, you're going to quit and you're going to feel empty. Because guess what? Money and success and fame and fortune and all of those things, they don't give a person's life meaning purpose does. And the earlier that you figure that out, whether it's something as simple as, you know, my purpose is to become my most authentic self. My purpose is to glorify God. My purpose is to love my family and serve my family to the best of my abilities. Whatever that big purpose is or small purpose is, just as long as you have that going for your life, you won't ever run out of things to work hard for or become better for. So I think that's where purposeful living has really come about from. And um, it's a constant conversation that I have, especially now, because I'm sure you, you agree, Sanaya, that it's so easy to be constantly pulled towards so many different directions in the life that we live in now. You know, in our generation, yes. it's so easy to just so many things always popping up. And it's so easy to follow your your trend so easy to follow the flock, so easy to follow your friends. But if you're not grounded, you're you're not gonna be if you're not grounded in who you are, you're going to constantly feel lost, disempowered, and unaware of the things that are happening around you. So that's why Agreed. purpose is so important. Yeah. Agreed completely. Now what I heard you say, Joyce, is that before your mother remarried, right? your life had a different sort of notion, different perspective. And when your stepfather came into your life, so you were about four years old, but it sort of like steered your life in a different direction. You talked about dignity. You talked about uh, virtues that you got from him. And you even talked about some lessons that he imparted into your life. Now, if your stepfather had not been that presence in your life, Perhaps you would have made different choices. Perhaps you would have had a completely different life. Do you think that that influenced you in any way to want to do that for other people? Because it feels like that's what I'm hearing in your voice is this desire to help people, you know, get better guidance, you know, to make better decisions, to be steered in a direction where they feel empowered. You know, they feel like their life has meaning and that they find their true purpose. So do you think that that had any kind of uh, impact in your life? Yeah, definitely. Probably the biggest impact in my life, you know. And and I think I also saw a lot of selflessness in my dad because when he, re when he married my mom, um, my brother and I were already there. So she basically was widowed at 21 years old. She had me when she was 18, had my brother at 19, widowed at 21. And, you know, she was in her early 20s. I think they were in, they were 25, both of them, when they met each other. And when they got remarried was around that age as well. And I just saw how my dad dedicated his life into providing some semblance of normalcy and 
family in our lives, you know, and, and that was just so selfless for him to love my mom in that way and to love both my brother and I in a way that I, it was just so selfless. It didn't matter to him that he was this young and now I'm 27 and I look at him 25, man, I can't imagine having an mm. instant family at 25 years old, having that kind of responsibility. So yes, it greatly impacted me. And the thing is, my both my parents, my my stepdad and my my mom, they both came from, I I would say not the healthiest fam family backgrounds. Um, my dad didn't have his dad. Um, my mom was always into you know difficult situations in her family life as well. But they both tried their hardest to go past what they had gone through as young kids, as young people, to give us a better glimpse of what the family could be. It wasn't always perfect. We always had problems, as any families would, um, especially finances, but they gave their best. And I think if you look at any relationship that you have right now, that's really all you can give, right? It's a best, best shot at being someone helpful and substantial to other people. You know, it, it also plays a big part that my dad was a Christian and the big Christian idea always was to love God and to love others. And how do you love others? You become present for them. You know, you serve them. You give them the best that you can. And if that means, I, you know what I did tonight? I looked at my set of skill sets, the things that I was good at and the things that I'm passionate about. And then I asked myself, okay, how can God use this to glorify him, one, and to also serve other people? And, you know, I just kept following that. I always asked myself that question in everything that I did, whether it was hosting in TV, creating my own show on YouTube, um, creating the podcast. And it doesn't always win, you know, like in YouTube, we won't get hundreds and thousands of views. But the little views that I do get, I, I am proud of that because I know that it has a purpose. I know that it fulfills the purpose that I've always had, which is to honor God and to serve others. And that's something that I got from my dad. Yeah, from my faith. You know, um, what I've noticed is whenever I see people who are what I call change makers, as I referred to you in the introduction, is, you know, people who are really here to spark change, to give back. They come from a place where they recognize the blessing that they've been given, you know? And I, I hear this from you where you're talking about how your dad came in to your family and he sort of made you feel like you're a part of a family. That at that very young age, he pretty much dedicated his life to all of you, his new family, right? And I think growing up acknowledging and seeing that has in some way driven you to want to do that for other people. And I say this because in my own journey, I came from a, you know, a very interesting childhood, I'll say. And it's when I found healing and, and meditation and eventually all the healing techniques that I learned myself, it was that gratitude and that sense of like, this has done so much for me. How can I not do anything but give back? You know, how can I just take all of this and not turn around and find a way to share it with other people because I was blessed to have this. You know, I was really lucky and a lot of people aren't. And I think that this is such an important motivation for people like you, you know, who've done some amazing things 
in their journey of life. Uh, in particular, your podcast is something that, you know, I've, I've listened to many episodes and I've heard you speak also on other platforms. And I just feel like the message you have comes from that place of gratitude, that place of acknowledgement, that place of experience. That's why I said, you know, you have a story. That story has brought you here. And it is that that seems to be motivating you to do great things, to inspire you. And that's sort of what seems to be driving your purpose. So would you say this is your purpose to help other, you know, 20-somethings to stay motivated, to empower them? And has it really been the podcast as one of your uh, specific ways to do so? Yeah, so definitely. I think anytime that we, you're right, you know, I think change makers, we, you get that, that kind of result of becoming a change maker because first you recognize something within yourself. There's gratitude, yes. And then there's also some other things that you want to improve on. So for me, when I started the podcast, I was looking for content online that talked about the difficult things that I was going through as a 20-something-year-old, and I, I couldn't find that anywhere else. And I didn't, I didn't start the podcast thinking that I could help other people. I just knew that having conversations about these difficult things that we were all going through, I'm sure all young 20-somethings were going through. You know, I was going through a breakup at that time. I was going through a career change. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. We all, at some point in your 20s, would go through that difficult phase. And I just wanted to have a conversation about it. And I wanted people to feel safe that, hey, you know, you, a lot of people, when, when you look at social media, it's always about how can you be successful or how can you have more money? How can you have more followers? It's always all of these things. And those are good and well things. But what I realized is not a lot of people are talking about their spiritual health, their mental health, their emotional health, and how all of those things put together affect their physical health and their career and their relationships and the world around them. Anytime that you want to change the world, you change yourself, right? We keep saying that, but we don't really act upon it. How do you change yourself and the world around you? You have a conversation. It starts with that. It starts with your thought. And for me, it started with having a conversation with myself and then other people started joining in. You know, other people started, hey, you know what? I'm also going through that. I also have toxic coworkers, or I also have had traumatic childhood experiences that I still carry as a chip on my shoulder these days. How do you deal with that? Sometimes, and, and, and the thing is on the podcast, sometimes we don't figure it out. Like we don't have a conclusive answer to all of these big questions in life. But I think the lie that has been perpetuated in our society today is that you always need that one big answer to all of the big questions and problems in life. But the reality is you sometimes don't get that answer. You sometimes, you know, move on without ever getting that closure or that answer. And what you can do then is just to process it and step forward and keep choosing better things for yourself and able to overflow those good things to the people around you. So I think it's that. I mean, we've been doing the podcast for almost three years now. And and it's funny because we have we have hit and misses, right? Oh, I'm I'm sure you all you experience that as well in creating your content and, and having 
conversations with other people. There are conversations that where you're just like, yeah, that was great. You got something good out of that. And then other conversations you were just like, it's good that we had that person on the podcast. At least we had some a different perspective, right? We, we didn't have a conclusive episode, but it was good to see the world from another person's perspective. So. I agree. You know, um, Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. So mm-hmm. I love how you said the conversation you first had was with yourself, right? And then other people started to identify with it. And then essentially it has become some kind of a movement. I also really understand what you mean by sometimes, you know, the questions you ask may not reach any conclusions. But mm-hmm. I often find, Joyce, that the answers lie in the questions themselves. And just by asking questions, we sort of like open our mind up to these new possibilities, to thinking about things that may eventually lead us on a path to find that answer. And sometimes it's not immediate. You know, I have sessions with clients where we do the work and then a week later, my client comes back to me and says, you know, Sanaya, it just completely made sense now. Like at that point, I didn't quite you know, understand or process, but now I get it. Like it makes complete sense. So I think the important thing is to ask the questions and to have the conversations. And Mm. some of the conversations you've been having are just really, I think, relevant um, to today's time. And just, it's so spot on with what a lot of people are going through at this moment in their life. So where do you get your inspiration, Joyce? I mean, What inspires your topics, your content, your thoughts? Is it, are you drawing most of the time from your own personal experience? Is it research on what's going on with other people? Or are you looking at current events? What drives your content? I guess a bit of everything, right? I think it's funny because when I started the podcast, I was still single and I had just gotten out of a relationship. And so I recorded a podcast where I I told the podcast listeners, you know, I'm praying about this guy, but we just ended things because we did. My husband and I, we ended things for like a couple of weeks because we wanted to make sure of what we really wanted out of the relationship. And so some of the episodes are really just from personal experiences. Like I did one episode on how to... Uh, deal with difficult people in your life. And during that season, I was dealing with a lot of difficult people in my life. And I shared to people, these are some of the things that I've been learning from observing myself and observing others in the ways that they've dealt with difficult people in their lives. I did an episode on can we be nicer to each other on the internet? Because I had just gotten a couple of hate comments on the internet. And I was just like, I can't believe that people are like this vicious on social media as if I'm just a piece of metal that they're looking at and talking to. And I'm not another human being with a soul and a family that and, and, and a couple of friends that love me as if, you know, so I would go through these episodes that I've personally experienced. But then what I love about the podcast is we have a great community of listeners who would send in their personal experiences and their questions. So I, I love to, retelling the story of one of the first uh, 
great comments that I got for the podcast where an OFW was living in Japan and she tweeted me and she said, I love your podcast. I live alone and I work here in Japan. And every time that I listen to your podcast, I feel like I have my ate with me, my, my older sister with me, you know, dealing with the things that I'm going through living alone and lonely here in Japan. And, you know, I would create the podcast out of that. Like, how can you be present to other people, we, even when you're apart? Or I did an episode that said 50 ways to say, how are you, without saying, how are you? Because sometimes when you're going through anxiety and depression, you hate it when people ask you, how are you? Because all you have to say yeah. is, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm holding up, surviving. So how do you start conversations without asking that dreaded, how are you question? So... I guess it's it's all these different things, and of course we stay connected with the news. Although now I, I tend not to watch too many news outlets because it's just driving me crazy and protecting my mental health. So I do take some time off from news and media outlets, but most of the time it's those things. Amazing. Um, I think that uh, what's amazing is that you pick up from everything around you, and you find a way to connect with people on that level. Now, talk to me about grit, Joyce. You referred to yourself on your website as that gritty girl. And so I was looking for a quote on grit, and this is the one that I liked. Grit is the stubborn refusal to quit. So <laughs> do you agree with that? What does that mean to you? I Yes. Ever since I was a young kid, actually, especially my first, I think, memory of it would be when I was in high school. I would often be turned down and called mediocre. So when I was in high school, I wanted to be in TV. You know, I wanted to be a host and I wanted to do, I wanted, actually, I wanted to sing more than I wanted to host when I was in high school. And I had a batchmate of mine who said, you know, you'll never make it as a singer because you have such a plain face. And I remember just holding on to that comment forever. Until now, I still hear that comment in my head. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I tend to agree with him. Like, yeah, yeah, I do have a plain face. I, I guess I have a forgettable face. And when I started doing commercials, I had convinced myself that the reason why I would get commercials is because I had one of those forgettable faces that people and brands could get me for their commercials and people won't recognize me as somebody, oh, from that particular commercial, but just, you know, another model because I had a plain face. So I, I would hold on to that. I had a co-host of mine and a co a colleague of mine that told me, you know, Joyce, you're not very good at anything, are you? You're you're just you're an okay host, you're an okay singer, you're an okay writer, but you're not very excellent at anything, right? So it's it's good though, right? Because you you get a lot of following from that. <laughs> wow. Someone said that to you? Live, Sanaya, wow. live. And he is a, a good friend of mine. And and I just laughed it off. And I, I agreed with him during that show because I, I thought I did. Until one day, it just when I was going back to that comment, I, that really hurt me. Because I feel like I feel like I can be good at something. And so that's why I think grittiness, where grittiness came from, even with my work now as a host, you know, working in TV and being a radio broadcaster and being a podcast, I have no connection with anybody from show business. 
I only started to get a real management around four years ago, but I'd been working in TV, radio, and digital since 2011. I have had too many rejections in my life from big corporations, from networks, from brands, from managers, from people that I work with. And I would be always faced with the answer that you're just not good enough. And then I refused to take that answer because I knew, one, that I was good enough. I mean, I, I knew that I had something to offer. I wasn't being proud or anything, but I knew that I had something good to offer to the world. And second, I had an affirmation also not just for myself, but from the people around me. People would message me that they would find the content that I'm producing to be helpful and useful and ent entertaining or educating, you know? So I said, I, I get that. I get that from other people. So how come people don't recognize that? And I think it takes grit to constantly be faced with the comment of, you're not good enough. You weren't born into a family that was in showbiz. I didn't have a car or anything. I didn't have clothes. I had to borrow my first pair of high heels. I had to borrow makeup from other people when I started working in TV. I had to claw my way into the position where I wanted to be in. And I did that because of grit, maybe, because I didn't want to take no for an answer. And by God's grace, I've I've had a lot of amazing people. In my, I mean, obviously, I've had those negative people, but also some incredible people who eventually believed in me, gave me breaks, told me that I was good enough, that I could be even better. You know, I I, I give credit to the people who gave me work in Magic, my my radio um, family, and then TV and GMA Network, and then it just blossomed into this nice big community of uh support network but i think that's what grit is right it's it's just focusing on the people who do believe in you and can i just say also my best friend since i was nine years old that that's the person that i borrowed my first high heels from because when i started in showbiz i literally had two pairs of shoes one was this parang slip on canvas pair of shoes and then another one was a pair a fake pair of Converse. Sorry, Converse. I had no money to buy the real one. So I went to Divisoria and bought a, a pair of Converse, quote unquote, from there. And she was that one person also that always believed in me. So I think grit, apart from refusing to accept no, it's also a lot of focusing on the people around you who are saying, but yeah, 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 it is. It is possible. We see you. We see you. Like my dad, my dad also said, I, I've always wanted to be a singer, but I have a very low voice. And I told him that I can't sing any of the Regine Velasquez songs that I like because I don't have that kind of voice. And he goes, it's not about that. It's about the emotion that you put into the song. And you have that. You have that heart, that emotion that he said, he said, I remember this. He said, Karen Carpenter doesn't have a high range for her voice, he said. But she knows how to put her heart into a song. She, mm -hmm. she knows how to put her character, you know, that, that life into her voice. And that sets her apart. So what sets you apart? He asked me that question. And I think that's that. I'm sorry I keep rambling on and talking. No, it's, it's beautiful. It's great. I'm going to put a different 
shift on what you said though. Okay, Joyce, I can't tell you how many people I know who have achieved great success and they were told that they're not good enough or they grew up believing they were not good enough because of circumstances, people they encountered, it could have been their parents, could have been, you know, the people they they worked for and so on. But I've seen that statement, you're not good enough, becoming sometimes people's biggest motivation to prove they are. And it really drives people. Like when you're told no, all right, I'll show you, I'll prove it to you. So even though you had all those negative experiences of what people said to you, at the end of the day, perhaps that's exactly what motivated you to be able to use your grit to get as far as you've gotten today. The other thing, and you know, I'm, I'm sharing this based on working with a lot of people who've had to conquer that because that's a really strong negative belief and it can work against you in a way that you will never achieve something because you believe you're not good enough. Why bother trying? Or it can work for you where it becomes the biggest motivating factor to prove that you can. And a lot of people have become very successful with that belief. Now, the other interesting thing is you came from nothing, as you said, you know, you didn't, you didn't even have the shoes that you needed at that time for your first interview. Sometimes when we don't have anything, we value everything a lot more in our life, you know, because we worked for it. We earned it. I think someone who's raised with everything, with all the comforts and luxuries may not be as motivated or incentivized to go out there and do everything it takes. And it reminds me of a, a, a friend we have in common, um, Tony Tony, and he came <laughs> from nothing too. And we talked about this on the podcast and, you know, how having nothing, like it didn't give him a choice. He had nothing to go back to, yeah. right? It was either I make it or I don't have anything. You know, sometimes yeah. when you have a fallback, you have the luxury, you have the comfort, it makes you a little bit lazy or it makes you complacent. So I mm. think these two things that were big challenges for you actually worked for you in such incredible ways. And all those mm. people who said those things to you, ultimately they helped you, <laughs> right? They helped you because you, you proved them wrong, right? You said, well, you know, I'm going to go and do something anyways. I'm going to do it my way. And that's how you developed grit. Because if all those people didn't exist to say all those things to you, you never would have developed or learned grit as a way of, you know, of forging ahead, despite all of this. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that you have been very lucky that your life events have shaped you in such a way that you could be who you are today and what an impact you are today. You know, what a force, as I said earlier, it's incredible. Um, another thing I wanted to point out is I heard you speak on uh, She Talks Asia. You had a talk, I think it was called uh, The Power of Your Life's Lowest Point. And mm. you talk, it was Talk Thursday on She Talks Asia. And you talked about mental health. And you talked about how you coped with it. Um, you mentioned that in 2016, you were diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. And I'm sure the grit really helped you through it. But what else helped you, Joyce? And of course, you turned it around and it became part of your advocacy. 
So you've taken all your challenges and difficulties and you've given back. But what helped you overcome it in the first place? Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's tough. Um, great question, though. A lot, a lot of things, a lot of different things helped me overcome that. I think the first thing that was so important, which I, I shared also in that She Talks um, video, was I became honest with myself that something had to change. That was the first thing that I did because for the longest time, it was always running away from my problems, running away from my hurts. Uh, when I got married, one of the things that my husband told me was, I hated confrontation. I hated talking about my emotions and the things that I would go through. I hated being vulnerable even around my husband. And I had to acknowledge all those things. You know, I had to acknowledge all the difficult things that I was going through. I had to acknowledge that in 2016, I had everything that a girl would ever want. On the outside, I had a wonderful career. I was working in both TV, radio, and then I also had digital campaigns. I had a nice relationship with a great guy. I had money and I had nothing, you know, coming from nothing to have money, to be able to travel, to be able to do all of these things. It's, it's the best feeling in the world. And yet I felt so empty and I felt so lost and I felt so purposeless. And I felt this gnawing weight at my feet every single day that just dragged my steps and made me feel like there was no reason for me to keep existing, even though I had all of these things. And the first thing that I had to do was to acknowledge that and face that. Because for the longest time, I just kept telling myself, no, you know, I shouldn't feel this way. I have everything I've ever wanted. I've always dreamt of having my own car, my own place, having a nice relationship, having a nice career. I should be happy. But I wasn't. And I had to face that. And I think that's the first thing that is the most important step that you could take is to just acknowledge and be honest with yourself about what you're going through. And to not compare it with the way that other people might respond if they were in your situation. Because I would always say, if somebody else, if this person was in my situation, she would be so happy. Like, she would be grateful. She wouldn't even question why she's feeling this way. You had to, I had to stop doing that. So that's what I did. The second thing was, I asked for help. And it's tough to ask for help if you are a quote-unquote self-made person. Although nobody really is a self-made person because we all need some sense of support in our lives. And I had to ask for help from a professional. I had to ask for help from my family, from the people that I trusted and that I loved. After having that conversation with myself and doing my due diligence in healing, I had to ask for help from other people as well. And then third and finally, I guess I started looking at all those difficult things that I was going through, the depression, the anxiety, the childhood traumas, the difficult seasons. And instead of using them as an excuse as to why I'm miserable, I use them as an inspiration to move forward and become better. And I think that was the power of my life's lowest point. 
that if I had not acknowledged that I was in a low point, acknowledged that this is really rock bottom for me. Your rock bottom was because rock bottom when you had nothing and then you had everything. Rock bottom means you have everything and you still feel like you have nothing. That was my rock bottom. And from there, I started to realize, okay, so that means that money, success, career does not equate happiness, joy, peace, and a sense of purpose. I would have never figured that out if I didn't acknowledge that rock bottom. This also means that all of the things that I've been working hard for my entire life are meaningless if I have no bigger purpose that lies before me. Next, this all doesn't matter if I have no one else to overflow it towards. I could have all of these amazing things in my life, but if I'm not able to serve, love, and honor other people around me with it, it's just there on the table, lying around, lifeless. Because that's what inanimate objects are. That's what inanimate elements are. Your career, your fame, your following, your social media, whatever it is, they're purposeless and lifeless unless you give it life, you allow it to have life. So I think those are some of the things that I did, but oh, so many, what, what a big question, so many things that I had to go through to be able to, to arrive at a better um, disposition in life. I still struggle with it though, Sanaya, and I would constantly talk about it or also on the podcast. <laughs> I still see my therapist regularly. I still have group Bible study groups. I still have women's groups every week because I know that it's always somehow there. You know, it, it always, I would always go through difficult seasons. And unless I'm proactive about protecting my mental health and my spiritual health, it's so easy to just plummet back into that deep, dark, low point that I once were in my life. So. Uh, Joyce, thank you for sharing that and being so candid about what you went through, because I think it takes a lot of courage to talk about those kind of things. Um, in particular, you know, I, I'm glad you highlighted this question, you know, which I think a lot of people are grappling with. You know, I have everything in my life. Why am I depressed or why am I having anxiety? And in fact, I can't tell you how many conversations I've heard people say things like, well, that person has everything. Why are they depressed? Or, you know, why are they complaining about anxiety? Like society doesn't let people have these kinds of emotions. Society doesn't allow us to feel this way. And so a lot of people do not talk about it. They do not share it. They feel embarrassed to even, you know, tell the, their loved ones that they need help. So I'm so glad you pointed that out, that these are the same questions you asked yourself. And yet, these are the very questions that starts you on that process of healing and, and resolving these challenges. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that you have to protect your mental health and your well-being. And you mentioned some of the actions that you take, like Bible study and support groups and so on. But what are the things that you do on your own to protect your mental health and well-being. And, you know, I caught that you said you don't listen to the news anymore because that's a bit too much. 
but anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening in who are in that very same place, especially right now. Yeah, definitely. Well, one is journaling. I, I love journaling so much that I created my own journal called Adulting Journal. Mm-hmm. And I created prompt questions about your mental health, physical health, spiritual health, um, productivity check. I had that. Um, journaling is such an important thing because I feel like if you have no idea how to process your emotions, just write them down mindlessly and you'd be surprised about the things that would come out. Like, I remember yeah. just a couple of days ago, I would I was writing on my journal and I told my journal, I didn't even know that I felt that way still. You know, once and I had an argument and I thought I was over it. I thought, okay, so I'm, I'm fine now. I, I don't mind. I don't mind anymore. It's not an issue anymore. And then when I started writing down, I was like, oh, so I'm still hurt. I have to bring this up to my husband because if not, it's going to build up and it's going to become resentment towards him because I was convinced that I had gotten over it. But in reality, there was still some semblance of hurt and resentment that I had towards him. So journaling is so important. Meditation. I remember um, when you were having a conversation on on my podcast, you mentioned that meditation can come in different forms for a lot of people. And that's so true because for me, I have been doing meditation when it comes to um, breathing exercises. When I had really bad panic attacks, breathing exercises saved my life in airplanes because it just helped me regulate. It helped me ground and breathing exercises was so important. Um, Guided meditation, I would do that as well. Praying, reading my Bible, just allotting an hour or two, sometimes three, if I'm having a really, really rough day in the morning or at night to just sit down, to write, to read my Bible, to meditate, do breathing exercises, and even listen to music. My therapist would constantly give me different ways on stimulating your vagus nerve. And I I recently did a YouTube video on this of the things that you could do to stimulate your vagus nerve, which basically is um, so important in regulating your mood and your heartbeat. So that includes uh, breathing exercises, listening to music. Um, I have this little, and I'm going to show Sanai here on the video. I don't know if you guys could see it because you're listening to the podcast. I have an oil <laughs> diffuser here always in my in my workplace. And more than anything, the one thing that has really changed my life, Sanaya, is to be mindful of the way that I spend my time and to sometimes force myself to have quiet times. What does that look like for me? There would be, on Sundays, I don't work. However big the project is, as much as possible, I always say no to it. I always say no, Sunday is rest day for me. It's the time that I do nothing. It's the time that I watch church because you can't go to church anymore. It's the time that I take for myself and for my family. Every day, I would tell my 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 team, and sometimes, you know, we, we don't always get successful in it, but I say there's always a cap. We don't call each other or text each other at 10 p.m. to ask about work. By 7, we're done because 7, 6 p.m., 7 onwards, you just, you rest you you rest deliberately and take time out to be quiet and to be just present in your family and present for yourself. And all of these things compounded have helped me change the way that I treated myself. And you're right, you know, you always talk about how 
everything is integrated. And I've seen that in my life so profoundly that the things that I think about, the words that I utter, the, the thoughts that I entertain, the people that I surround myself with, the, the belief systems that I live by, all of those things have the power to change and manipulate the reality that I live in. And so I've become more mindful of that. And I think it just, it starts with that, just being mindful, being more present, not multitasking, not constantly scrolling my phone, trying to be more present in the situation that I'm in. And I think that's also why I talk a lot when I ever have conversations, because I'm just trying to, you know, just be here, be actually say what I mean and not just have a staple answer for whatever some some question that's that's asked of me or if i'm having a conversation i don't want it to just be a staple conversation i want it to be here authentic what's happening right now so that was so powerful a lot of what you said is i think um things that people can easily do and it's good to be reminded and told how important these things are you talked about holding space for yourself you know, that quiet time, uh, making sure you have rest time. And I think that we, you know, come from a society where it's all go, 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 achievement. You know, what are we doing? And I think it's very hard for people to be okay with not doing anything, you know, to be okay with just resting. Rest, I think, has gotten such a bad, like, rep as if resting is like what you do when you die, you know? And I think it's... <laughs> the other way around like we need rest now so we can function so that we can be our best each and every day you also talked about boundaries sunday is your day you know that after six or seven it's your time and i think it's it's wonderful that you have boundaries and you honor your boundaries you don't trade them in for anyone else no you said no matter how big the project you know, you're very clear about your boundaries. And I think that probably helps quite a bit as well. Hey, beautiful people. Before we head on to the rest of the episode, I'm sure some of you are wondering how we collab with brands here in Project Loving Myself. And for that, we use Podmetrics. So if you have a podcast, sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the code Project Loving Myself. That's one word, capital P, capital L, capital M. And in that way, you can help support my show as well. And if you are an advertiser who wants to collab with Project Loving Myself, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. Again, that's Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Now, um, we are getting to the end of the show, Joyce, uh, but I wanted to do something a little special for you, and I've already gotten your permission. I wanted to take you through a short uh, healing meditation. It's a theta healing exercise. It's called Baby in the Womb, since you are now embarking on uh, a new journey of motherhood. And, um, you know, everything we go through in our life, whether it's things people say to us, it's feelings we have, it's, you know, any kind of pressure or stress in our environment. At the end of the day, the baby in our womb takes in everything. So this is something I do for myself quite a bit, is I send love to the baby in my womb 
to protect this baby from all the negative influences that I may or may not be taking in over the course of pregnancy. So I kind of want to give that to you as a, you know, as an acknowledgement of you and also uh, in gratitude for giving me your time. So is that okay with you? We're going to go ahead and do this little exercise on the podcast. Awesome. Yes. Okay. All right. So all I need you to do is close your eyes. Okay. And I'm going to um, do a little healing for you and I'll take your permission so you know exactly what I'm doing. And, um, and it's pretty quick. And then we'll see how you feel after it. All right. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Now relax. Take another deep breath in. Now relax. Now, I know this is easy for you, Joyce, but I'm just going to direct you to be very present here in your space, in your body, to be present with the baby in your womb. And I'm going to go ahead and make the request to send love to the baby in your womb from God, the creator, and that we can send the energy of love, protection, healing, and safety into that baby in your womb. And that anything that is not of the highest energy for your child dissolves eliminates and gets sent away from the womb. Can I go ahead and do that for you? Yes. So Joyce, I see a very happy baby in your womb. So whatever you're doing, you're doing a great job of keeping that baby uh, happy in your womb. The baby seems like uh, this child is coming into your life with a lot of light, a lot of joy. And I feel like a lot of laughter is coming in with this child. A lot of like happiness, joy, like these are the emotions I'm picking up with this child in your womb. And um, I'm also getting that this little baby is very specifically come to you and your partner and it's going to take your relationship in a completely new direction. This child is more your husband, which is kind of interesting, but generally, you know, doing incredibly well. There's so much light in there. So honestly, great job of taking care of yourself. All right. How did you feel? <laughs> Baby was kicking a lot. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So the baby liked it. Yeah. It's funny because I, I was telling my husband, Wancho, I really hope that the baby comes out with his personality because I really love my husband's personality. He's a very happy, lighthearted, very positive person. He's super optimistic, always sees the glass half full. He's always laughing. He's the funny one in the relationship. And he just, he has not the bad bone in his body. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's incredible that you're saying that. I mean, I don't know your husband, but that's exactly the personality of the baby that I was picking up. That's why I was saying, you know, laughter, happy, light, joy, like that you're describing your child. And that's why I guess I also picked up that this child is more your husband. You got what you asked for. 
<laughs> and it, it's it's been a really it's been a fun pregnancy. The first trimester, as I was telling you, was super difficult. But then after that, it's just we we've had a lot of laughter. And and one of the things that we've been practicing as a household is just to protect our hope also and our joy during these times. So when ECQ went down and we can't go anywhere, my husband would take me up on random road trips, but it's literally just going to the grocery and I'd stay in the car while he gets <laughs> something. And then we go to an open space near where we live. We sit there with, you know, the trees and the grass and we eat at the back of the car just because we wanted to protect our hope and our joy. We don't want to be stuck at home and, and feel like we were angry all the time. So I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you for that. I super appreciate it. You're very welcome. Now, Joyce, before we wrap up, uh, may I ask you for your project loving myself message or mantra for our listeners, your perspective um, on self-love or anything you'd like to share with them before we uh, conclude the episode. Hmm. Something that I have been hearing and I totally agree with is self-love is not selfish. The way that you take care of yourself and the way that you love yourself will also dictate the way that you love on the people around you. If you don't invest in your well-being, if you don't invest in your own spiritual, mental, emotional state, how do you expect yourself to be present in the world that you live in right now, in your communities and in your circles? So don't forget to love yourself and able to overflow that love to the people around you. That's it. Wonderful. Thank you, Joyce, for giving us your time, for sharing all these amazing um, I would say insights, which is really what I expected to, to get out of this episode. I knew it was going to be very powerful and I knew it was going to be very insightful. So thank you for sharing yourself with us. Now, um, Joyce, if you don't mind sharing details about your podcast, I'm sure a lot of people are, are uh, listening um, in already and there are a lot more people who would love to listen in. So details on your podcast, as well as how they can reach you, get in touch with you or follow you on social media. Sanaya, first, I just want to say thank you for having me on your podcast. I know that we've been wanting to do this podcast collaboration together for quite some time now. And I'm so happy that we finally found the schedule for it. I think what you're doing here and what you're, you've, you've worked on for so many years, I mean, I met you when I was still on radio, is, is very important and, and very helpful to a lot of people. And I think it's inspiring that you finally put it into this platform. And I know that a lot of people are being helped and blessed by you. So thank you for sharing so much of yourself with us. And thank you for having me on the show. If your listeners, if any of you guys would like to listen more to my podcast, it's called Adulting with Choice. I also have a YouTube show called Joyce Spring TV. And now I'm going live on Kumu every week, three times a week. It's called Early Night with Joyce Spring. So you guys could send in your questions or even just have a random conversation with me live on the show. So please do check that out. But in the meantime, yeah, thank you again for having me. What did you guys think of the healing I did? It's actually a very powerful Theta Healing exercise. And you know, many children come into this world without ever feeling the love and safety that a woman's womb is meant to provide. 
Many women do not have it easy in pregnancy and sometimes we have to go through a lot of stress, a lot of uh, discomfort, not to mention anyone who is pregnant during this pandemic, there's a lot more stress going on at this time. So I'm really glad I got to share this healing with Joyce and what an amazing person she is. I'm so happy that she came on the show with us and that she shared so much of what she has collected in terms of wisdom over the course of her life. Tell me what you thought. I'm sure you have some great sound bites to share. So do post on your Insta stories on Facebook, tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast, and tag me too at Sanaya Burnamal, and of course, tag Joyce. I leave you this week with our Project Loving Myself quote You get in your life what you have the courage to ask for. And that is a quote by one of my favorites, Oprah Winfrey. I chose this quote because that is who I see Joyce as, someone who had the courage to persevere, the grit that no matter what obstacles or challenges that came her way, whether it was her background, whether it was the people who told her she could not or that she would never make it, you know, she proved them all wrong. She had the courage to go for what she believed in. And she was authentic and has always been authentic. And I think that's the voice that people connect with. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Project Loving Myself podcast. Each week we do this, we come together and we focus on ourselves, on learning to love ourselves and sort of learning from the people on this podcast is something that I'm very proud of and and something I'm so happy that I can share with all of you. You are all so loved. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 